When you're on top of the world, you will do whatever it takes to stay there. The sex, the drugs, and the fast money is enough to make even the strongest man fall to his knees. But as we'll soon find out, Wall Street is not for the faint of heart. It takes wit, courage, and sometimes a little bit of illegal activities to compete with the wolves of the trading floor. Now, if you're asking yourself, how does one handle such a job? Well, the answer, it's really kind of simple. Woods and hookers, my friend. I'm James Hockenjoes, and this is The Rewind. Hey guys, this is Jimmy, and you're listening to The Rewind, presented by House of Hats Podcast Network. Your scientists are so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they just don't think they should. Never tell me the odds. The Rewind. The Rewind. The Rewind. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Rewind. As always, I got Gage Zangi with me and Emily Short in the booth. We also have a guest today. Hi, I'm Kat. Her name is Kat. Now, what we like to do when we bring new people in is we like to go over their credentials. So stop me if I'm wrong. Mm. Actress, singer, songwriter, podcaster. Stand-up comic. I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever done stand-up? I did do stand-up once. Okay. What am I missing? Vlogger. I'd be vlogging. Couch surfer. uh, Clothing designer. Thrifter. Handpicked a bunch of seashells on Long Island. Now that she's selling chokers with them. Be scared. That's the best way to do it, honestly. (laughs) Um, Vegan. On good days. Is that a credential? Yeah. Okay, I'll take it. Give me free stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I host a web show called Couch to Couch, and I have a clothing company called Lithium Customs, and I make music, and that's... And we're happy to have you here. Today, we're tackling the Scorsese classic, The Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, classic already. Boom. Yeah, I'm going with with classic when I walked out of the movie theater. I'm not fighting it. Don't worry about it. When I walked out of the movie theater. Let's is that your Margot Robbie impression? No. <laughs> no. You want me to start with the Yeah, let's facts? get right into okay. it. Okay. So director, Martin Scorsese. Writer was Terrence Winters, and the book was by Jordan, Jordan Belfort. Cinematographer was Rodrigo Pierre. Prieto. Thank you. I never pronounce it right. Editor, Thelma uh, Schoonmaker. Cast, Leo DiCar- uh, Leonardo DiCaprio as Jordan Belfort. Jonah Hill as Donnie Asoff. Margot Robbie as Naomi, mm. Matthew McConaughey as Mark Hanna, mm. uh, Kyle Chandler as Agent Patrick Denham, um, Rob Reiner as Max Bel- uh, Belfort, John, I never pronounce his last name, Bert Berthal, something like that, um, Brad, he was yes. the one that was in Walking Dead, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then John Favreau as Manny Riskin. Who's in it for like? Two fucking seconds. Yeah, but he's so <laughs> worth the mention. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, there's actually... There, when we get to it, there's a couple of heat check guys in this movie. Oh, there's a lot. There's yeah. a there's couple so of many. I mean, I could have kept going, but I was just like, let me stop there because there's... I can just picture Jonah Hill's teeth right now <laughs> in the movie. Yeah. I just like... It's like, so good. Yeah. Smoke I have notes me, bro. Um, Runtime was... 180 minutes. The there's a cut version that's 145 minutes for certain countries, and then the rough cut was 240 minutes. So they did a solid amount of cutting. 40. I'd love to see that. It had to be cut to keep the R rating because it was going to get an NC-17 oh, really rating. Oh, I see that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So rated R. Um, locations. I mean, some of them are pretty easy. 
Long Island. In Long Island, which yeah. that pisses me off to no end that they say in Long Island in this movie. Do they say oh, in Long Island? He, they do. He says, mm -hmm. and then I moved out to a small uh, firm in Long Island. Oh. He does the, yeah. Leo does the same shit in the other, in The Great Gatsby too. Fake. Oh. Who the fuck? Well, I mean, he's not hmm. from Long Island. I know, but Jordan That's is. not, yeah, come on, somebody. Yeah, I know, I agree. I doubt Jordan I, was I, in Listen, Rome, if I was, well, no, you need a native on set. set. Yeah, you do, yeah. you do, honestly. Um, New York, New Jersey, Italy, California, and Switzerland were all filming locations. Oh. Uh, release date was December 25th, 2013. Budget? Too much. Uh, <laughs> actually not. Uh, it wasn't actually as 53 million. No, higher than that. Scorsese film. We're in 2013. I'm going through, I was going to go 120 and then you 157 said, million. Cat, no. take a guess. 105. She's the closest to 100 million. Oh, I was going to say that's not that bad for a Scorsese film. Scorsese films can get up there. Um, I think just The Irishman. No, right? it could be three days what? to watch The Irishman. Oh, I have my notes here. Let me look at Gangs. Gangs was, I know. Wasn't there. Gangs like 87? 100 million. 100 million in 2000. Like, oh, that's right. No, they started with like 80 and then he was like, you got to bump that. Yeah, in 2002, he had 100 million there. We're in 2013. That's low for him. Yeah. Well, I don't even know low. if the actual Jordan Belfort has 100 million dollars. Like, is he doing okay? Jordan Belfort? I mean, like I've the heard actual him on a, Jordan Belfort. I've heard, I heard him on a pod, on Joey Diaz's podcast, and it was actually pretty entertaining. He's, He's like that guy. Like, he really yeah. does talk and act like that. He talks like... He reminisces on the times and he's like, yeah, we were just doing this thing. He doesn't, he's not, he doesn't sound like I he has I feel like he has right. a consistent, consistently he's like, little He's like, first of all, the only thing, he's like, it was a Ferrari, okay? It mm -hmm. wasn't whatever it is in the oh, movie. He was like, yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. and I did, I thought I, I thought I made it perfectly there. I draw, I thought I was so careful. Guys. Oh, have you heard this? Yeah, he was on Flagrant 2 recently. On the Quaaludes. Oh. The Quaaludes. Yep. The Ludes. He was telling stories about how cars were parked on the LIE on like Sunday mornings, and you'd think like, oh, all these cars broke down, but no, it's just people fucked up who had to like pull <laughs> wait, wait, over, is, is, park, yeah. get a ride home. Is there a line where he's like, I wake up and I, I, he like detoxes, yeah, he, he throws up so that he can like have the perfect high. Oh, it's perfect, it's like, for the lemons. Yeah. He does it specifically it's, it's for the lemons. at the end for the specific quaaludes at the end. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. That's an amazing scene. Um, But I'll just, real quick, box office, opening weekend. You want anyone to Opening guess? weekend? Opening, oh, I have opening that one, yeah. weekend. 70. No, it's only US. Oh. 20? Pretty close, eighteen, uh, a little higher than eighteen thousand. Worldwide. worldwide was uh, three hundred and ninety-two oh, million. That's total. Worldwide, yeah. yeah. Wait, say the, it again. Total, its total was three ninety-two. Three hundred ninety-two million, yeah. I was gonna guess three fifty. No, so it honestly wasn't. It, it was a success, but it wasn't like a huge success. It, it, it. I mean, made. for an R rating, though. Yeah, I mean, most movies don't. You most people consider a movie a success if it makes its money back. This made three times its. Money. Also, we're talking box office, and I feel like there's so many more streaming services now, right? That's just box office. Just like, box office, but this is also 2013. Right. Streaming was not what it is now. Right. So it's a little. I, I mean, when we do newer movies, it's gonna be a little harder. Like Wonder Woman was a little hard to figure out. The uh, well, yeah. So I guess like yeah. that movie wasn't well, that hard to figure out. Still making a ton of money because it's on a bunch of different platforms. Oh yeah. Still out here. It's it's probably it's probably made more money being um out of the theaters than it ever did in theaters. It's it's gonna be one of those. And it was yeah. it was probably honestly 2013. You're talking the back end of the DVD Blu-ray boom, like. Mm -hmm. One of the last movies that probably made a good mm -hmm. chunk of change on Blu-ray. Yeah, it's about thirty-five dollars on your. Thirty-five dollars on my Blu-ray. You, you spent that today? 
No. Oh, I was going to say, I figured you bought that when it came out for $35. Yeah, yeah. I pro- I've only bought movies on like Black Friday, so it's probably like, you know, 10 bucks. I just pick um, it up. Do you, a camera. I mean, it's sweet. It's oh, this crazy. is your gauge. 435? Ari? Yeah. Cool. Oh, it's awesome. It was a, he had the Ari Alexa. Snaps for gauge. I, I forget. It was two different ones, like the suit. Alexa Classic. Uh, it wasn't the classic. It was like the super and the, I don't speak camera. It was two different ones. I don't okay. speak camera. <laughs> and then he had the Ari Cam, the Canon, and then the Phantom. Cool. So, wow. And he shot mostly on film. And uh, obviously. That's his, dope. Mm-hmm. He's Scorsese. And once he went back to film, he has not really left it. The only, he said, I think it was the only stuff that was shot not um, on digital was the outdoor, uh, the night scenes. Because it's easier uh, to control just, the yeah. lighting and stuff. But everything else was shot on film. So That's really cool. Um, I guess anyone have any like special stories about personal feelings or stuff like that about these? I feel like this movie created a new generation of dirtbags and money hungry Jordan young individuals. Bill and Bird. that Jordan. is a lot for a fucking movie. And it's awesome. This movie's directly responsible for the all the people on Instagram now who are like, you should sleep three hours a day and oh, it never yeah. stop grinding and mm-hmm. yeah. bleed out of your eyes like your brother Kyle. I was going to say, I feel like this is a big development. You're, yeah, yeah, I yeah, feel yeah, like yeah. Our, like me and Kyle, I feel like we were very like, I mean, we're not that far apart in age, but like the Project X era was also, I think, the Wolf of Wall Street era. Ah, because I remember so vividly the song Jordan Belfort coming out and like the Hamptons and like, that whole like vibe and yeah. and all of that and it was like that's you know. true. This movie probably did have a greater cultural impact on the metamorphosis of the Long Island douchebag than we realize even mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, like we might be looking back on this in 20, 30 years and going, "Wow, that movie really completely changed the, the douchebaggery yeah. that goes on on the east end bad, of Long Island." I mean, there's worse. that, but also just like from a what's possible for a kid with ambition perspective. Like now, if you have ambition, you want to be there. You know, everybody wants. But to But it also shows lifestyle. you, like, I think it's it's interesting to compare it to like the idea now of like viral C, like going viral and like you show like as as glorified as like his drug use is or mm-hmm. his all of his money that he makes is like it, at the end of the day he gets pinched and he goes broke right or something like yeah. that yeah yeah, yeah, yeah pretty much yeah, yeah. so yeah, it's like you can look at it like and compare it to now how like. It's like you look at it; and it's so glorified, and you like leave the movie feeling inspired. But it's like, what? Well, no, but so like, but, okay, but how going thing, viral feels now? Nobody think this is why this movie is so great, and obviously, it really happened to the guy. But this is the way it is. Nobody sees that movie and says that's going to happen to me because everybody sees that movie, especially with nothing, and the, I'm not fucking leaving. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone says Everyone I'm fucking like, leaving. Oh, I'll leave. Everyone <laughs> says fuck that. I'm leaving. Easy. But if but when you're there, he just at that point he just made 22 million in three hours, mm. right? With yeah. the Steve Madden deal. Why would I fucking leave? Well, yeah, so, sometime. I think that's later. It's like a bad relationship. No, he he makes the deal. No, no, he, the deal. He mean, makes like, the deal. His dad tells him that he should lay low. No, he, he goes to leave. He makes the deal. During his speech, 20, he says, "I'm no, not leaving." No, no that's no, that's later. That's, that's after he goes to the Swiss bank and yeah, after he gets yeah, all in, that happens in between. The the lemon scene happens in between that. Like the the reason that he has to lay low is because of the lemon scene. Because the phone, the FBI tapped the phones, and when he dry the, the um, lawyer calls him, not the lawyer, the PI calls him, and is like, "You need to talk to me on a uh, secure line. You can't talk to me on this right. line." And he drives into the uh, country club where he's talking to the attorney. I mean, again, the PI. <laughs> so I did it twice. Yeah. He's on the phone and he's like crawling yeah. to get the fucking phone. 
So that's when he finds out that stop. When he finds out, listen to me. When he finds out that the phones are tapped, he then goes home, almost kills Donnie, and all that shit. That's when the dominoes start happening because Brad got arrested, and then right after that is and all of Steve Madden happened before that. But what I'm saying is the reason that the oh, FBI tapped his phones in the first place is because they took big notice when he acquired the IPO for Steve Madden and made $22 million in less than three hours. That's why That's why that. the FBI taps his phones. If it's not that close in the movie, that's still the reason that the pressure that he got it, extra heat was added. So, like, yeah, it doesn't really matter. Um, yeah. Well, <laughs> the FBI, the I think, yeah, that's probably why the FBI tapped the phones, but they were... Well, investigated him. Wait, they were they, they were looking the at him. Why. They were looking at him, and then he he had that huge IPO, and then they were like, "All right, now we're going for him." Yeah, and he also tried to. That was the difference. The the switch flip. Yeah. yeah. So the bribe scene was weird, and I really like the bribe scene because it seems like they're getting along, and then he just says that one line where he goes, "You know, I could," I mean, he pretty much says, "I can make anybody rich," and then sips his drink, and then detective goes, "That was a bribe." And completely flips the script. And now they're not getting along. And I thought that was really interesting. And kind of weird. Because I'm like, was the detective like just being friendly for the sake of being yes, friendly? 100%. Yeah. I think they're both playing the game. I think that's how good both of them are at the game. Mm-hmm. Because okay. the thing is, like, for me, like, I kind of grew up with these types of guys. Cause my the Jordan dad- or the detective? Both, actually, in okay. a way. Um, my dad was very... He-, he does sales his whole life. He's done he sales. He, I made him watch this movie. He raged out for the longest time. He's still to this day will rage out if I bring I was just about to say he's probably still spiraling as we speak. He is. He is. Um, <laughs> that, and that was part of the reasons he got crazy because he's like, that's not how you do it, this and that. And I'm like, it's a movie and they have to cut down the scenes, dad. Okay? It's not a whole thing. But... Yeah. Um, dad. So... <laughs> With the like with Jordan Belfort and this type of behavior and these types of people, like I think they just kind of nailed it on the head. That's what it was like in that time frame for these guys, and specifically Jordan um, Belfort, where he literally just went crazy and stuff like that with money and the the ability to make more money and the possibilities that are there are just endless for these guys. And it attracted like a lot of my dad's friends, you know, got involved in it. I know someone who went down for a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> so Oh I know a couple I know at least one guy that worked in a boiler room. I forget the name of it that got he was out of there like a week before the FBI kicked the doors in. Yeah, no, no, Whoa. this guy was leading yeah. the Ponzi scheme. He it, like he was oh, the Jordan Belfort. So um so it's kind of interesting to me because it's like it's funny I, I see so much of like people I know in these characters and it's like especially just, be like referring to Long Island I think it's oh I, yeah like, we all have like a little bit of that obs- I mean I know I have that little bit of obsession with like anything Leonardo DiCaprio does <laughs> because I'm like oh, I'm just like instantly attached to it yeah. even though it might not be 111% accurate it's still like oh home I know that yeah this, I mean, this movie <laughs> This movie does a good job, though. It's mostly very accurate. Like, because yeah, you even hear, like I was saying, Jordan Belfort's been—he's a speaker now, is what he yeah. does. He does seminars on God pitching, pitching how to sell and shit, yeah, and podcasts <laughs> and whatever. So yeah. he said, like, the movie's relatively accurate. There's only a few inaccuracies, yeah. like uh, a couple I of small details. Oh, you have it all. I have it all. Um, all right. But uh, well, uh, real quick, when I was in freshman year of college, they were filming this right on like 21st Street and 3rd. And I walked into class and they all, I, everyone knew I'm a Scorsese fan. And they were like, do you know Wolf of Wall Street's being filmed like right down the block? And we all looked at our teacher, our teacher was Igor at the time. And we're like, see you later. 
Igor. Like, e- yeah. I know Igor. Igor. I forget, uh, I forget his last name right now. But he did, he was a big music video DP. He did like Juicy and oh, yeah? I Don't Want to Dance. What? He did the Juicy video? He did the Juicy video, Motherfucker. yeah. Yeah, he's a cool guy. Um, I love, uh, shout out Igor. He's like one of my favorites. But we literally were like, see you later. We're going down to the set because we're a film school. Why wouldn't we? And he's like, all right, be back in like, like a, two yeah. hours. Like, just make it time that's for field, like whatever. That's a field trip. Oh, yeah. yeah, he came down with us. It was a whole thing. So yeah. we went down and it was like, it was, they were filming one of the scenes where he just walks yeah. into one, one of the One of the greatest lids. filmmakers of our time is downstairs. I think so I still have pictures I on my phone. I can learn more from watching that guy than what you can teach me, it, Igor. Uh, you could no disrespect or nothing the juicy video is sick but that's for Scorsese it was kind of like one of the coolest things in my life because you could throw a rock to Scorsese it's interesting I was just thinking I see a lot of similarities between like I was thinking of like if they made this movie when they made Goodfellas if Mm -hmm. Ray Liotta would play oh yeah Jordan Belfort yeah and I think I think he would so uh, someone like so it. many similarities between Ray Liotta and Leo, like just in because I just thought of like the scene where Ray Liotta makes sauce in uh, Goodfellas, yeah. right? He's like, <laughs> I go, I store the sauce, and then I go back, and I'm hiding the guns in the paper bag, and I'm dropping them off to the guy, and then I go back, and the phone's ringing, and blah blah blah. She's got did a you hat. Throw the yeah, sauce? I get the hat. Yeah, did you yeah. Throw the sauce, and it reminds yeah. that whole onions, all that whole onions. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of onion. This <laughs> much sauce. That whole <laughs> Not only is that so fucking Long Island, so New York, everything, but it's it reminds me so much. It's obviously it's Scorsese through and through, but like, right? Yeah. 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 I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Facts really well, quick. Oh, yeah. That's the but thing. Like, I feel like it's so similar to Leonardo's, like, uh, just kind of the way that a lot of his dialogue is written yeah, and yeah, scenes yeah. are organized mm-hmm. and everything because it's. Luckily, when they were making those movies, these events were still unfolding because I'm, I think I'm, yeah. Leoto, Leoto would have done it, but I had happier with he Leo now. Yeah. Yeah. Ha- yeah. Way happier with Leo. I mean, this is this was kind of Leo's like oh, you should have got an Oscar for that one. Oh yeah, but yeah, then he got it for the Revenant, which I don't know. How many Oscars it was a makeup award. I felt like the Revenant was a the makeup. Revenant. Yeah, uh, possibly. I feel like there were. Uh, I don't even remember. I just know at the time I was like, oh, there were kind of like some better actors that year. Well, I think big transformations make the Oscars look at you because you have to think actors are voting for actors. So and what he you did a lot of serious matters. acting against CGI in that movie, right? That he, had, think, he lost a lot of weight. I don't think weight. a lot of people give enough credit for people who are acting to fucking tennis balls for the majority, for yeah. like the, almost the whole movie. Well, I acted to a jar of yeah. coconut oil today. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> My eyeline was a jar of coconut oil. I was like, I'm in love with that jar yeah. of coconut oil. <laughs> Listen, you do what you gotta do. I mean, whatever, whatever has to be done. But I think like if we look at um, like Dallas Buyers Club, Jared Leto and Matt McConaughey both had these huge transformations. They both won Oscars for it. Mm. That's a, what beat this, right? Uh, Dallas Buyers Club beat Wolf of Wall Street. Might oh, have. Maybe. I don't know if they were in the same Oscar year. They were one. I don't know if they were I, one year I apart. Thought, if they were, then that makes sense. I thought McConaughey beat him for Dallas Buyers Club that year. He might have. But wasn't he also in? For like yes. 30 seconds. Yeah, but that's why he was so thin was because he just came off of Dallas Buyers Club. Mm. And he was actually, you, there's a couple of scenes where he has a little bit more weight on him, a little less weight because he was gaining weight during the filming. Wow. So, um, did you want to take a break before going into the note, the facts and stuff like that? You may just Yeah, do, well, do you want to do Oscars first and then we'll do the break? Or do, do we have to do now? the what was the Oscars first first? time we seen it and our rating? Yeah, that whole thing. Should we do that right now? That was kind of where I was getting at, but you guys kind of, you know, went over it and then skipped it, you know. You asked if there was any fun tidbits. No, yeah, I said any questions. memories <laughs> or any feelings about the oh, film. Oh, uh, Taj, Taj's roommate worked on this movie in locations wow. department, possibly as a location. I have two fun facts that I want to share. 
one fact is that Margot Robbie is my spirit animal. And <laughs> I had fair. a really brief obsession with anytime I see a movie or a TV show where I'm like, who is this actor? Who is their agent? How did they get into acting? What are they doing? And like mm-hmm. I go down that rabbit hole of IMDb. And Margot Robbie actually during the audition process smacked Leonardo mm-hmm. DiCaprio in the face. Mm-hmm. And like I guess that's one of the reasons she got the role and that forever lives in my head rent free. I love that so much. Yeah. And that is actually pretty much probably the reason she did get the role because yeah. it impressed Leo so much and he turned around and said, can you slap me again? Uh, <laughs> he said, like, there's a couple of things that made me go, Oh, Leo. Yeah. <laughs> like, not even that, but like, you shouldn't be fucking saying that. Like, this is very, huh. we're in Canada. I mean, honestly, sure. if this is the, if he's like getting in the mindset for the role, fuck it, say No, this it, is yeah. like interviews after, like, we're in Canada. This is Leo. culture now. You can't say all, shit. First uh-huh. team, all stick man, dude. Stick man Hall of Famer. He just moves in the night. You never hear anything bad about him. Like, Derek Jeter. Him. Well, there was that time yeah. he took like 30 women on a private jet to go to fucking Coachella or Burning Man or some shit. How many of them tried to take him to court after? I Zero. None. Dude's a whole thing. None. Yeah. Yeah, like, I'm not saying that Margot Robbie's going to turn around and be like, oh, you sh- I wish you didn't say that about me, but I'm just saying, you it's know, him and Derek culture. Jeter. We got to be a little, little mindful. I feel like all. some people, I mean, he's got to do something really bad. Oh my God. Okay. All right. Moving on. Uh, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna give this a solid eight point four. Um, I think one of the reasons that keeps it out of the nines is because the run the two and a half hour runtime. Mm. We talk about this a lot about how runtime the actual time doesn't matter so much as how it feels, and I do think this movie feels long. Mm. And I think that like I you could find 15, 20 minutes to lop off out of that somewhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or just pick up the pace a little bit. So when I was watching it, I wanted more. More like the first time I watched it, I was like, this is fucking great. Oh, yeah, just yeah, keep yeah. feeding it to me. No, I felt that way, but when it ended, I did walk out of the theater feeling like that was a long movie. Got it. You know? Okay. And part of it's probably that I have this thing where I like to see late night movies. So when you go to see The Wolf of Wall Street and oh. it starts at a quarter to ten. And oh, I'm asleep. You, you get out of there at like 1.30 in the morning. It, you know, it feels yeah. like a longer movie that way probably too. But Yeah. Yeah, especially when yeah. you work all day. This know? is my personal Stop. score. <laughs> my personal score. I think it's a little long. It keeps it out of the nines. I give it an 8.4. First time I saw it, definitely in 2013 when it came out. I was at, in community college at the time. I'm almost positive I went to go see it late at night alone. Mm-hmm. Walked out of it. Reasonable. Loved, loved, Nick might have been with me, but uh-huh. loved it. Thought it was great. Awesome. Thought it was a little long. Rating? how to rate things properly i want to say like a nine i was gonna give a, a clean nine, nine. Clean yeah nine. i think nine a clean nine, nine listen we got good cinematography yeah. we got great directing the editing is fucking phenomenal along with the song choices for pretty much the whole movie incredible soundtrack jonah the hill's teeth 10 production design and the wardrobe <laughs> and then the makeup really caught me off guard this watching because i realized like Throughout the whole movie, Jordan's tan changes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, they're really playing it like he's yeah. just constantly like getting a tan, not getting a tan for a while. The yachts, like, the cars, the yeah. glamour. Indeed. Um, Margot Robbie all the day. Star studded cast. And you the got heat check Bermuda sodded grass, Jordan. You come here at three <laughs> o'clock in the morning on my Bermuda sodded grass. You gotta wake Skyler. I actually wrote his response down as one of my favorite lines, which is like when she's oh, going off and he's the like, lawn beep. That was yeah, like one of the oh, first. Oh, you had to deal with the guy. 
pause, oh, people. Yeah. Oh, God forbid. What a Greek tragedy. Oh, no, you had to make oh, a phone call. Yeah. He's like, I was like, God forbid monologue. you would do yeah. more than yeah. swipe my credit card. He's like, I can't keep up with your, your yeah. whatever he's like. I was like, the first oh, monologue I, I ever did. Yeah. more of my fucking money. Yeah. What a great hey, tragedy, switch, sweetie. Hey, switch when she walks in the room, too, because you could see her walking up, but he can't. Yeah. And then she comes in and he's like, oh, the Lord, don't you fucking dare. <laughs> don't you throw that water. Oh, what? Oh, what, shorty? Yeah. <laughs> She's so good. But uh, Daddy's I- not going to get to sleep with mommy for a very, very long time. Uh, that's a great scene, too, because she just turns around and like, oh, is there something odd about right? it? Right? There's like this weird one-upping thing that happens throughout great. that whole morning. It's I cool. love it. Great. Um, I probably give this uh, probably a 9.0. I'd maybe even go further to like a 9.2. It's one of my favorite movies, honestly. I think it's smart. I think it's well done. It's a classic Scorsese with his oddball editing when they're high and uh, the crazy. I have a question for everyone. Is there anyone that you would recast? Oh, we do that at the end. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we have a little. um, Yeah, no, I think I really, I think this movie is great. I think it's written really smart. Um, Like I said, I it reminds me of people, which is what you want to do when you have a film like this. Like you do want to hit those notes for people who did work in this and people, you know, who, or didn't, and they still connect to it. Um, like you said, the cinematography is great. They use different lenses to cause like different, yeah, different feelings. Yeah. yeah. So I, and I also the passage of time. Yeah. Yeah. The passage of time. And there's quirky little editing things too. Um, that is purposeful, which I love, but I'll get into that, um, after break. So, is there any other quick notes before we take a quick break? No, let's take the break. Okay. Hey, buddy. How's it going? You remember the good old days growing up, being a kid, going to middle school, not having a job? Mm Mm-hmm. You you had some stuff you had to do, right? Yeah. A little bit of of chores. Some parents Uh, might call them. I hate it. Helping out around the house, you know? Yeah. This and that. You have any you you didn't like doing the most? What was your least favorite chore? My least favorite. Your daddy made you do growing up. Least favorite chore. Out of doubt. Scrubbing the kitchen floor with a toothbrush. I hated that. Scrubbing the kitchen floor with a toothbrush, dude. Yeah. Your dad made you do that? Yeah, it was fucking brutal. What the fuck, bro? I'm talking about mowing the lawn, man. Ah, I did that too. Yeah, man, mowing the lawn, it's no fun. And guess what? If you live in Suffolk County, it doesn't have to be a problem anymore. Why? Because we could have next level landscaping come take care of it for you. Mm. Next level landscaping, they specialize in weekly lawn maintenance as well as fall and spring cleanups, thatching, mulch, seeding, and topsoil. If you live in the Eastern Suffolk County area, you give them a call at 631-739-1121. You speak to Michelle or Tim, and you let them know Hawk sent you. Again, that's Next Level Landscaping, 631-739-1121. Come get your grass caught by some professionals. Don't let Aunt do it with a toothbrush. All right, guys, and we're back. We're going to go over like some facts and some fun tidbits and stuff like that. Do you want to start with what you got? Or you want me yeah, to start? Yeah, sure. I'll just run down the list here. First off, um, they scream over the phone at clients. So I was watching that. And I was like, how is this a good sales tactic right now? Like when they're about to yeah. shut the doors at Jordan on Jordan's like first day of being a broker, like immediately you just see him in the front like. No, you need to keep your money in. What are you doing? Hello? Hello? Fuck. And it's like, that's not how you keep someone on board with something when they're not sure about it. You're showing urgency. Like, that's not a great sales tactic. Because this is a field at the time that's booming. Everybody wants in on it. Everyone wants their share of the pie. 
and it's cutthroat, and these guys are all coked up all the time. I know so why. It's just aggression. Well, I know why they did it in a filmmaking sense. I'm talking uh, about oh, no, no. Real, real, real world. Oh, stuff. real world. Oh, yeah, Screaming no, no. over the phone. That's at not that. Yeah. Man, yeah. I fucking don't. On the I don't know. on the you top. You do that with me. Tops, I'm good. I'm hanging. I out. mean, granted, they that's an excess. Like it's not that bit. But oh yeah, no, no, no. Like the way these guys talk. Like the way I used to hear my father talk. There was a big joke in our family because they said I got my mouth from my father because ah. he was doing stocks in the house. Mm-hmm. It's the there's the line that he says about oh if you want to you want to hear know what money sounds like step on the Wall Street floor mm-hmm. and it's fuck this, uh, you know, and it's all, he says all these curse words. That's what it's like. Yeah, it I'd imagine like that. that's like that because you want to like relate to the person and kind of get on their level, right? You want to show like I'm a real guy. And also too, like they were dealing with blue collar workers at the beginning. They're dealing with garbage men and stuff like that. And then, well, I mean. No, I'm talking Bell about, I'm talking about before the penny stocks. No, yeah, even, even high end. I mean, the, if you were dealing with the stockbroker, yeah. you know who you're dealing with. Yeah. You know, the type, it's like a car salesman in a way, mm-hmm. but a high-end car salesman. Yeah, yeah, They talk, they talk fast. They and it's kind of like this. Fast, yeah. blah, 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 blah. To your point, it, it is the like a display of authenticity. Yeah. Like that's part of the sales pitch. Like, Got it. The fucking this, the, you know, all uh-huh. that, the way that they talk, their yeah. bravado. Uh-huh. That's like, you know, that's like, that's oh, part of the sales pitch. This, this, this guy knows money. money talks. Yeah. So secondly, uh, Jonah Hill's pitch to get hired, not convincing. I don't know what kind of value he brought to Jordan Belfort. I don't know why him saying, I sell children's furniture. You have a nice car. Hey, if you show me a pay stuff for $70,000, I'll come work for you. And Jordan was like, okay, I guess I could use you. Here's my pay stub. I have no idea what value Jonah brought to the table or why he got brought on board. I think it was Second more... best salesman. But... Did he sell? No, but no. But fucking he saw him in a diner. He didn't really sell yeah, him on anything. But... No, no, no. I'm saying he was their second best salesman. Who? Donnie Azar. Jonah. <laughs> not at that time. Not when they no, met. Well, you're saying what? I mean, at the time, well, you're talking about. At the time. At the time, like, Jordan's selling. Like, what was, Jor- like, at what the was time, Jordan's Jordan, At the time, jo- Jordan's crushing penny stocks yeah. at this little bullshit place in wherever they are, Mineola, wherever they are, with yeah. all those slow men who can't really sell anything. Yeah. And he sees an opportunity. Getting more people who can sell raises his like, ultimately. Oh, raises this dude does value. sell something, and he's talking he's faster sales. and more confident. He's in sales. Yeah. He's obviously doing something in this meeting that that pitched you. Let's take a shot on it. And what's the worst case that happens? He basically if he cold called him in the middle what of the happens, diner too. What yeah. happens if What happens if it doesn't work out? Yeah. See you later. He quit his job. You didn't, Jordan was going to do this whether he had Donnie Azoff or not. Yeah. They have the whole scene where he gets all of his other buddies and he teaches them. That legendary scene where he's yeah, teaching yeah, yeah. all his buddies how to make the call. Yeah, and, uh, so he was going, it's like kind of the same, like if we were going to go start a business and we just ran into a guy who was like, yeah, I'm in, let's go. Well, all right, let's bring this guy Oh, in. just like, oh, you're, the, de- you're dedicated. Yeah, we, Why not? You got nothing to lose. I got nothing to lose. We both want to be fucking rich. Let's go get rich together, you know? Okay. Uh, yeah, and not for nothing, like in hiring, if like I meet someone that's like ready to run like that, like I want to know what you do. I want to know how you do it. I want to be like you. It's like, you don't find that. Yeah. You do not find that type of person. So you're like, and they're willing to be, quit their job for you if you show them pay stuff. It's like, yeah, all right, no problem. Come on board because that's the type of person I want because they are willing to do whatever it takes to get to the top. And I need that energy and that behavior if, to do what I want to do. If you come up to me in the Massapequa Diner, drink a black coffee, <laughs> drink a black coffee, tell me that you're going to quit your job right now if you show me a pay stub for 70 grand and yeah. then say, come smoke crack with me, bro. You're hired, dude. <laughs> You're hired. I'm in. 
How I'm all the way in on that guy. I guess I'm not thinking of it the, the same way. Because if somebody walks, I've only known this guy for 30 seconds, yeah, and yeah, he yeah. said, "Come on, bro, let's go smoke crack." I, I trust this guy, and he obviously trusts me with his fucking life. <laughs> you have not yeah, met somebody I'm who wants to smoke crack with you. And well, I'm sorry, <laughs> not everyone who wants to smoke crack with me. A guy who I just, think I'm on the wrong episode. <laughs> a guy who just said he wanted to come work for me, and then You're said, right, "Let's go do crack with me." I'm in. If you Especially were at a diner business. and he was like, hey, I see you carrying microphone equipment. What are you doing? You're like, oh, I do a podcast. And it's like, you show me a picture of you in a podcast studio. I'll come work for you right now. You would be like, yeah, sure. Fucking okay. Does he have crack? <laughs> I just might, Did, dude. You've never been in a hotel and had your equipment and had people ask you questions? I totally have. That's not what I'm saying. What I, uh, what I was thinking was he didn't provide any value at that time. Yeah, but, but it wasn't now, about that. Well, not, you it could argue that his that. his value as a furniture salesman, he's probably, the argument here is that he's probably already a better seller than these guys who have yeah, been selling. Yeah, it might have been more of like an ego thing of more of like like puffing some air into him. Like, oh, this person wants to be like me. Yeah. yeah. This argument this argument flipped me. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad we That's what we're here for, brother. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember that part. So. Skip ahead. Women gets her head shaved for 10 grand. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ten grand. I would do it. Was her head really shaved, and how much did they pay her in real life? Ooh. Do you have the answers to that? No, I'm interested. Uh, I'm, I because they you. play it like it's a ridiculous thing to do it for ten grand. But if she really shaved her head, I don't know if they paid her ten, 10 grand, grand for that. I'd be pissed. Right? But I would. They do, do it, it as no. like a, a, a from a filmmaking stance. They're showing you like, oh, they're just tossing money away for entertainment, and this woman is just collecting it for shaving her head. So, That's pretty crazy. So let me tell but you, they are doing that on screen for our entertainment, and that real life woman might, might be shaving her head. $10, oh, you mean the, you mean the actor? I mean yeah. the actress? Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant like in real life. Did this really happen back? No, in no, the no, day? no, no. Um. Yeah, she 100% had her head shaved. She 100% shaved her head. She 100% didn't well, make time Well, I'll say from an actor's standpoint, like... She probably got, like, a PA's day rate. Might have been. Yeah. Oh, That's bullshit. what I was just about to say. That. That's what I was Here's just a cool about to say. Sag, even Here's for a cool 250 a day. No, you know, we'll buy I you guarantee you, this is who that actress was. That actress was trying to break in through SAG, and to break in through SAG, you know, familiar. you need to work on a SAG film. Actually, she might be someone, but I, a lot, I know a lot of models that have shaved their head on... I was going to say, I, yeah. I applied so, to a role. Really? Okay. Really, to me, the fact was that, like, they're playing this in the film. Scorsese's like, oh, I want to have this it's moment. It's like the irony. Yeah, I want to have this ironic moment where people are doing things, ridiculous things for entertainment. And you kind of feel bad for this girl because she's sitting there getting her head shaved just for some cash. But then I pulled myself back and I was like, oh, somebody really did that, though, for cash, for entertainment. And so it was two things on that. Two things on that. A double entendre. Well, yeah, but she was okay in the movie too. But the right word. When you're watching it, you're yeah, that we can't all talk at the same time. Yes, we can. (laughs) I I have two things on that that you just said. One, everybody who works at Stratton Oakmont's a piece of shit scumbag. They're all in it to make as much money. They all know that they're pump and dumping people. Not there's not a single person in there that doesn't know that it's a pump and dump scheme. Yeah. So they're all scumbags. They're all trying to make as much money as possible. If you told me I want to shave your body hairless for ten grand, I'd be like, let's go. Where are the clippers? Yeah. You know, anybody in there is gonna do that to make the money. And the other thing is true story from that guy I know who worked in the boiler room. Where that where he worked every year for the Christmas party, I forgot their what club they went to. One of the strip clubs in Nassau. They booked the whole gossip. place out. No, it wasn't gossip. Uh. Booked the whole place out. Mm-hmm. Dropped 
two grand in cash in every employee's hand at the door. And then let me know when you need more money. Have fun. Open bar, strippers, that kind of. And that was just the Christmas party. That was low end debauchery. (laughs) So this shit was really happening in real life. Yeah. No, I believe that. That's not necessarily my point. And I think you were catching on my like. Yeah, no. As an actress, like. Yeah. I mean, would you do it? Well, I was going to say, I know the irony you're referring to because I am like, I would love to shave my head for a role. Right. You, but they like, make it look I, in the movie like, oh, I can't believe she's accepting this money. Right. So that's how like, they make you feel. There's a role like, you know, must actor must be willing to cut, shave hair for yeah. the role. Right. And these are roles that are like two hundred and fifty dollars, two fifty over eight. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's like she definitely obviously got paid like SAG rates. Yeah, and, like whatever. Course. But but was it ten thousand dollars? Because that's just an ironic fuckery. That would be, you know right? You know what I mean? And then it's like, oh. Because if you're not paying like, her the $10,000, then like, ow, my heart hurts. But yeah. like, I would do it anyway. I, I think care. I think if she got SAG rates, she got over $10,000. Yeah. I, I don't know. What I think she's doing minimum. well. I think she's, she's probably fine. fine. She's fine. She's doing I better than I would shave my head for the Wolf of Wall Street. I would do it for free. I <laughs> would I would. I would pull Jonah Hill. If, if it was a Scorsese film and I had the opportunity, a hundred. how long am I going to be in the film? I just get to be on set with you for one day. <laughs> oh, I have mine? I bring my own buzzers. I have better buzzers than the ones you use. So, like, absolutely. <laughs> no. And I had a traumatic experience with cutting my hair short, and I'm still contemplating going back to it. So, <laughs> I would still do it. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Real quick, I'll go through some facts. Um, So the Matthew McConaughey scenes were shot in the first two weeks of Mm -hmm. filming. Mm -hmm. And the, like, most of the stuff actually in this film was improvised. Yeah, that was completely improvised. That's actually his get into character, uh, just in general. And Leo looking off screen was him looking at Martin Scorsese, like, what do I do? And Marty, like, keep going, stay in it. And it was, like, this weird thing. So, stay in it, stay in yeah. It. <laughs> so, pretty much what happened was, like, once they came out and Leo knew it was happening, he was like, that's great, keep it in. And they used it. And he said, it actually, set the tone for the entire film, which was kind of cool. Wow. Um, it sets the tone for the entire film as it plays yeah. cinematically as well. And they said, for the, for being the set for the crew, it really set the tone too, which I think was awesome with that. That is awesome. Um, all the cocaine was crushed vitamin B. And Jonah yeah. Hill, which Jonah Hill got sick from. He got bronchitis and was hospitalized from it. Yeah, he had to do so much. Uh, majority, uh, I said, majority of the film was improvised. Jonah Hill took the SAG minimum of sixty thousand dollars, and yeah. Leo was paid twenty five million. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. He he took the Jonah cut to do a Scorsese movie. Yeah. And also, yeah, yeah. wait, can uh, someone explain how that works? He willingly took that. He said, "I'll take this much the money, minimum amount the minimum money. amount you can yeah. pay me to fit me in, into the budget, because I want to do this movie." Yes. Yeah, and he it, fucking killed. And him. he crushed it. Scorsese yeah. actually. It kind of fucking. I mean, his veneers, his veneers in that film alone are like sixty thousand dollars. Oh my god! Probably you think those teeth are that expensive? Yeah. I have no idea they're, how much veneers. Are. Probably about twenty thousand dollars. They're fortune. Yeah. They're oh, expensive. Oh yeah, they're expensive. Yeah, hugely expensive. Um, he wow. actually had a bad lisp when he put those in, and he spent two hours just calling random businesses and talking to them <laughs> to try and get used to them. Um. During the nude scene with Margot Robbie, this was actually her first nude scene in any movie ever. Mm. And Martin Scorsese said, she's like, you can wear a robe if you want. And she said, no, because the character would never do that. And I want to be authentic as possible. She also said that the uh, nanny, not the nanny, uh, the baby, the room scene, what you just did it with the foot yeah. and everything, that, that it was 
a lot worse and a lot more uncomfortable before the cutting to get the R rating. So oh, they showed full veg, didn't they? Probably. I'm nice. assuming well, it was probably that. a lot. Right. Um, Leo, Leo getting into the Leo getting into the car was all improvised. Him going down the stairs, all that was him. Him doing the foot thing was completely him. He actually sprained his back doing it, which I thought was hysterical. And I also appreciated when rewatching that how committed as an actor he is. Like he yeah. just fully goes in everything he's in, and I you have to really appreciate that with him. Mm-hmm. You're talking about the whole getting down the stairs to the car. Yep, yeah. that was improvised. That was all him. God like, bless. The you. only thing he was told is you have to get down the stairs to the car, and you're in cerebral palsy phase. Yeah. So get the there how you get there. You. Yeah, get there how you get there. And they did that a lot with a lot of the scenes. Um, the deposition scene is completely improvised. And um, uh, the editor said that she had trouble getting through them because she was laughing so hard because some of them were 20, 30 minutes long. And she had to pick these little things. And they were completely improvised. The only things they were told was, don't tell them anything. Yeah. That was it. Just don't say anything. And uh, they just went on. Um, What was it called? Uh, Spielberg spent a day on set with the Madden scene, the Steve Madden scene where he gets his whole speech mm-hmm. and Martin Scorsese said he practically co-directed that whole scene. Yeah, um, I love, I just have to say, I just love the friendship of the directors mm. between Coppola, Spielberg, Scorsese, yeah. um, 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 Lucas. Lucas. Lucas yeah, yeah, I just love it. It's like one of my favorite things. That's like one of my favorite stories in all uh, movies it. is the Lucas and... Oh, uh, the... Don't oh, Spielberg? The, Lucas and Spielberg yeah. with the Star Wars and um Close Encounters of the Close Encounters of the It's also the actor to director relationship because I know how much I love my relationships with directors or mm-hmm. vice versa yeah. and like on such a small scale. So I can only imagine like the feeling being on a set like that and just like even just watching it, being yeah. on a set like just watching how everyone interacts with each other is just so fucking awesome. No, you can. Yeah, you, can you, curse. you can curse. It's just you know. <laughs> um, the sex scene on the paper money was super uncomfortable, and they both got paper cuts. And that was when Leo. Like, that's where I was like, "Oh, Leo, like, what, what are you saying things to these for?" So Margot said it was so uncomfortable. I got all these paper cuts, and Leo was like, "Honestly, I didn't really notice. I had a naked Margot Robbie underneath me, and that she was always focusing on." And I'm like, "It's not bad, but it's just like uh, kind of like makes me." Wait, say like that it. again? What? I don't have the full written line, but the way he worded it was just kind of like, I felt he, a little... Stupid. He said he didn't really notice about yeah, like the, he, the discomfort of the paper money and getting paper cuts because naked Margot Robbie was under him. So that's uh, all he was focused on. And honestly, I think not, that's fair. It's not that... I know, it's yeah, not it's a bad sexy. line, but there was something yeah. about the way it was written, maybe because it was out of context. I'm so interested like, to know, like, because... I've done a sex scene before and we it was an independent sure. film so we didn't have an intimi- intimacy coordinator so I really like I'm so I don't think this film had one either. Well that's what I was just about to say I don't because, think it's well now this is a recent thing SAG yeah. has enforced you absolutely have to have one on set but I I doubt they had one because no, from the sound happened. of it it seems like Leonardo was the intimacy coordinator and Margot was just like <laughs> yeah I'm just gonna open my legs but like I'm so grateful that I was in a headspace of like no I'm not comfortable with that no yeah. we need you know we need the protectors we need whatever we need yeah. um, and we need to choreograph it like yeah. I'm not just gonna let you like fucking no to be like, fair figure this out buddy <laughs> if we watch the sex scenes like if we just take out the sex scenes um it, they don't look choreographed at all. They they look rough. 
They wow. look. I, I'm. That's one. And thing then I, I wonder, like you know, I wonder about Margot's experience with that because I'm sure she was like, you know, she's committed. So mm-hmm. it's like whatever Leonardo and Scorsese wanted or said was probably whatever she did. And although she probably spoke up and had her own, made her own character choices, I do wonder like what it's like in those situations because it's such an intense fucking film. And awkward. Ooh. All the drug scenes and the sex scenes and the everything's intense. Yeah, and sex scenes are just awkward for everyone Ass- all around. Assuming yeah. that there's nothing that we don't know and she was comfortable with everything and she had a say in everything and she didn't do anything she didn't want to do, good on her because this movie strapped the fucking jetpack to her back and launched her into the stratosphere. Oh. Yeah, so I, I think they were pretty As long good. as everything was good in a workplace environment and she was comfortable with everything. She good, was really good in focus too with Will good Smith. good on her in this role. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think there was any issues like that because, I mean, just alone, Mar- Martin Scorsese. I what? think focus? so. It was like I thought during, focus was after. I think it was like no, I thought I thought Wolf was her first major Really? Yeah. Maybe, yeah. That's this, awesome. this movie after literally, that, was she like, was oh, the girl from Wolf of Wall Street and now she's Harley Quinn and fucking everything else. Like, Iconic. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't think there's any real issues like that. I mean, like, I think they are pretty respectful. But uh, this was independently budget um, funded. So there was no real studio involvement. Wow. So that being said, I don't, I doubt there was a coordinator on set. Um, I also think Martin Scorsese in some aspects has been like, I've been doing this long enough. I don't need certain things. I just don't right. think intimacy coordinators came around until the, the Me Too movement. Fairly new. Which Fairly I, I new. my concept of time is a little, I'm like, wait, this is, Almost like eight Almost a ten year old years movie. ago, ten yeah. years ago. That's insane. What? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. All right, real quick. Let me face some of these. Um, Leo wanted to make this since 07 when the book came out, so he's been kind of vying for that. Um, Olivia Wilde was option to play uh, Margot Robbie's wow. role, but she was con- deemed too old, even though she's ten years younger than Leo. Um, that was a big one. There was someone, another actress, I can't remember who it was at this time, that I was like, really? Um, Tommy Chun of Cheech and Chan convinced Spellfort to write his book when they were in jail Oh, together. that's fucking right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that was one of Tommy my Tommy Chong is a fucking treasure. Yeah. <laughs> this, Holy shit. This was banned in five countries because of the sex scenes. Mm-hmm. It's the highest grossing film of Marty's career. Marty. Um, there's a, there's a literal curse count. Uh, fuck uh. is used 569 times <laughs> and there's a average of 3.81 swear words per minute. So Dope. great things like that. Oh my God. Yeah, it's keeping the heat. Yeah, it's it's really great. I mean, they, they purposely got it funded independently to keep the freedom of the sex scenes and stuff like that, but obviously they still had to cut it down because... <laughs> Ratings. No. They're like, nope, not. Now, I don't know if I'm stepping on you or if you do know this or not. Was he still? He was out. He was out already by the time they had made this yeah, movie, absolutely. right? He had yes. signed off on everything. He would have had. Yeah, to he was a major part of it. Um, Mark Hanna was actually a little upset because he said that he worked with Jordan a lot longer than it shows in the movie. Um, yeah, one well. of the things that did upset Jordan was that it kind of showed that they did nothing all day, and he's like, I had to have some legit business, or else I would have gotten away with it. So as long as I did. So that he's like, but other than that, that's there's not really many things that bothered him about the movie. He was a big part in it. He was on set a lot. He taught Leo how to act, how to how he acted on drugs and all those things. Um, I like that sound clip. Jordan Belfort taught Leo how to act. <laughs> well, because he's acting like him. I yeah. mean, my God, like you know what I mean, nah, I know Paige. What, you mean. I know what, what is eating Gilbert after, after this? Does anybody know? I'm gonna teach Cat how to. Speak. Oh, I just remembered who um, it was that was up for Margot's role. It was Amber Heard. 
And Amber that's, Heard. That's oh why my. I forgot Get it because I here. don't like her so Sit much. Sit down, Amber. Uh, apparently, Chris Evans and Jordan. We need to cancel that bitch. I know. I hate Chris her. Chris Evans. Chris yeah. Evans and Joseph Gordon-Levitt were also both talked about for Jordan Belfort. No. Yeah. But obviously, Leo won it. And I honestly, I no. don't know how I feel no, no, about no, that, no, no, even no. as a fact. I think Joseph Gordon-Levitt would have been okay as the uh, as the Jonah Hill. I'm, that's what I'm wondering because the no, Maybe. like the fat. Joseph Gordon-Levitt just screams. Five hundred days kick. of summer. Well, the. <laughs> He just has the Or rom-com. If it's not a rom-com, I just don't know. That's like how I feel with the note, though, because I'm like, I think they really do mean about the Jonah Hill and not Belfort. I think it was misprinted because that doesn't make sense to me when Leon was optioning this since 07. He was trying to get this made since 07. Yeah. So it's like yeah. Ron Reynolds not playing Deadpool. Like yeah. He's been involved. So I, I kind of don't agree with that one. But um, I think that was pretty no much it. Yeah, it's no for me. Uh Oh, the fastening your seatbelts was shot on an iPhone by the effects supervisor because Marty didn't want to spend more money to set up something. And the effects supervisor was like, we need like an insert like this. And he's like, that's perfect. Send that Throw to it in. Yeah. Sick. <laughs> uh, they edited it at Scorsese's house, which I thought was kind of cool, him and yeah. Thelma. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's pretty much a general of the notes. Um yeah, anything anyone else got to say on that? The yeah. editing process. They, uh... Oh, yeah, the editing process. Crazy. Go ahead. Definitely. Do you want to go into that first or you want me to? No, do that. So the editing process was purposely, they had like uh, quirky things like um, continuity issues oh, or yeah. things of like that because they wanted to show how drugs were fucking him up and messing him up. Uh, the same with the, like, the makeup. The makeup was always different and off because it was showing his instability. Yeah. And so they did a lot of things like that. The, a lot of like focus and in and out of focus shit with that too. That's that's different lenses that they're specifically using. Yeah, they're using curved lenses the versus. But that they're using it yes. to. to that's do during that. like the yeah. fucked up scenes to kind of distort yeah. the world around him. Yeah. But even outside of the like really fucked up scenes, there's still like huge continuity issues. I mean, a bunch of drop, jump cuts, but that's, you know, for effect and that's. Yeah, but the continuity issue was specifically to show his lapse in memories. Or that's just mm -hmm. what. They tell you. Well, you know <laughs> what? They just—they were just it. all actually really fucked up the whole time, and they were like, "Ah, eh, it's fine." Yeah, I mean, who knows? It could be that, but he saved himself with that comment, so yeah. we'll take it as face value. I'm not gonna question them. <laughs> However <laughs> much champagne's in the glass is fine yeah, for this take. Like, there's a scene where his—he's in the car with Margot Robbie, and his wife comes over, rips him out the car, and she's screaming at him. And every cut they make, the car is in a different spot. Right, but also like, think of how much cocaine he just snorted. No, I know. Yeah, I'm agreeing yeah. with you. So I was like, just pointing out a continuity thing. Yeah. But like the car is gone and then it's there and then it's moving like it's leaving and it's just like so inconsistent. See, I kind of like I don't I don't mind that. I think being that he just literally snorted like an eighth off of my I don't mind it because I'm not I mean, focused on the car. I don't a, give a shit. I'm a lot of movies that don't have action. the guys of the main character being on cocaine all the time have way worse continuity yeah, issues. So I'm okay with it. Even if it's not intended all the time, you I don't think it was operating, intended to like you're I operating that, I don't think that that scene in particular was intended. Right. But See, since you, since you're though. operating under the umbrella of we're you think watching were like, this through Jordan's eyes, coked up and at his life is spiraling yeah, yeah, yeah. and everything's fucking here and there. So it's okay. Think, 
in production, they were like, okay, for this shot, we're going to have the car wait 10 seconds and then start to drive away. No, and no, no. This shot, we're going to have the car wait 30 seconds and then no, drive away. No, no. I think in editing, I think the they shoot, sat yeah, down yeah. and said, this is this is a smart... Well, or I, either Marty turned around and said, I want to make it show how drugged up he is. Or Thelma turned around and said, wait, this is a better idea. What if we take different shots of different angles and this and that and when the car is in different spots to show he is so messed up in his mind that he can't keep shit straight? Because when I this is the first time I ever watched it through that I said, I actually kind of like that. Because watching it through yeah. it all the times I've seen it, I was like, that annoys, I hate continuity issues. I think they just focused on performances and picked the best parts mm-hmm. regardless of the surroundings. Yeah. I mean, that could be fair too. Because that's something that's been in the past. Because I feel like films. this was probably such a hard film to get through and like everyone was probably so exhausted and majority probably actually coked up so like um i do wonder i mean i know with the improvising like uh with what's it called the show that you like new girl new girl improvises a lot they do multiple camera setups so they only have so i i just from what i saw the one day they had three camera setups they had a crane, they had a still, and then I think they had another one shooting in a different direction. What scene was that? Three is nothing. It's one of them. It, no, it wasn't. It was him <laughs> walking across the street with cars zooming by. Oh, you're talking about movies. in the when you were watching. I'm saying when I was in watching real life. in real life, I saw three cameras rolling. Oh, got so it. Well, typically just, they'll have like two or three cameras on set just to have them like backups right, but, and shit. Right, so, but not necessarily rolling. Like, yeah, they, not necessarily rolling. But if you have a quick scene where you got to shoot down the city shut down the city block for a little bit and it's just somebody walking into a building yeah why not set up three and then get the angles at the same time but also as an improvising director you know to have multiple setups yeah because you're why if for you for instance you improvise if i'm filming you and you're gonna improvise with him why would you want to do that multiple times when i could do two cameras on you get the coverage and that's gonna be as natural as possible right. as organic as possible that's it's, the only way to do it exactly so i think that you'll never catch that moment again no no you won't it's, it's near impossible to recreate so I, I, that's just my preference on it I, my take but mm-hmm. you could be right too they could have just looked at it and said we messed up <laughs> yeah i don't think they thought about messing up or anything i just think they were like okay this is the best performances let's just let the I, yeah. scene play out the way we want it to play out, focusing on what's in focus in the camera and the background shit, like, that's forgivable. I have a feeling that that concept came up in editing, where they were looking at it and going, yeah, we was drugged up, though, so who cares? Okay. Who's going to notice? Oh, I, listen, yeah. I mean, haven't you done it with an editor before? We were, well, I mean. Well, where they're editing and I'm talking? No. And I'm we, just like, oh, let's just make sense of this thing real quick. Yeah. Yeah, I make sure. sense of everything. Yeah. Okay. And I'll so. turn to somebody and be like, I'm a fucking genius. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. You know exactly what I'm talking about. And he goes, that's why I'm Martin Scorsese. Like, that's it. Yeah. Real, real, quick, bef- real quick, before we go to break, you say that show I like, like you don't like it too. I, no, like- but I knew you would come up with the name of it faster than I would. Wait, wait, I wait. Came up before we go to break, I do have some more points. Go ahead. When describing the lewds, Jordan Belfort's narration says they were developed by an Indian doctor. That's dots, not feathers. Loved it. Yeah, it's a, it's <laughs> yeah. a rough line. Just want to point yep. that out, get Emily to a little twisted. You know we do this in the next, after the break, all the, all the quotes and stuff like that. And then, yeah, but <laughs> that wasn't my like okay. good quote. Um, the quote, who, who, what are you a fucking owl? Oh, oh that's yeah. 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 That's in a lot of fucking who? things. Who, who? Yeah. What are you, a fucking owl? That's in Heat. Uh, if you go on YouTube, there's that's... like a a montage of movies. I forget it. who said. All Scorsese movies? 
I don't know, no, no. They're like just different movies throughout history. I yeah. forget who said it, but someone said that it was improvised because of that. Al Pacino said it yeah. in Heat. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I, of Heat. It was, it was, I think Mara Robbie was like, yeah, we did that because of Heat. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, then, uh, yeah, my next one has to do with cinematography. So it's weird. Cinematography and editing coming up after the break. Are you ready to experience the dark and macabre? Look no further than Tiger Pack Productions. Tiger Pack Productions, independent film company by our friends Emily and Vincent. They started back in 2018. They've done a few short films, The Attack and Flora's Daughter. Award winning at dozens of festivals. This company's on the rise. They're just getting started. So why don't you guys give them a follow on their Instagram and Facebook at Tiger Pack Productions. And uh, go to their website, www.tigerpackproductions.com and see their entire catalog of products and what they offer. They're really cool people. Please check them out. All right. And we're back i guess we'll start with do you want me to go over the awards real quick the oscars and stuff yeah like i'll that? do the oscars okay. right now so the only oscar actually they didn't even what oscar, oscar was that what what year was it i don't even really remember honestly 2013 or yeah, 2014 oscars. no 2013 was the year uh, well, it was december 2013 it might be 2014 oscars but um the only thing they won was for best actor that was for the golden globes but they were nominated for best actor for the golden globes I'm sorry, Best Picture for the Golden Globes and the Oscars. And then they're also for Best Actor, Best Supporting, Best Directed, and Best Adapted Screenplay for the Oscars. Those were. So no wins. No no Oscar wins. But No production design? No. No. I, I That was a really big year. There was a couple of years in that run that were like massive. Like 2013, yeah, 14, 15, hitters, and 16 dude. had these crazy Oscar years. Yeah. Um, Best Picture was 12 Years a Slave. Mm. Best Director is Alfonso Cuaron yeah. for Gravity. Yep. Mm. Oh, yeah, Gravity Best, act- like Best Actor, Austin. Matthew McConaughey, Dallas Buyer Club. Best Actress, Kate Blanchett and Blue Jasmine. Supporting was Leo. Supporting, Jared Leto and Dar- Dallas Buyers. Yep. Actress, Lupita Nyong'o, mm-hmm. 12 Years a Slave. Uh, original Screenplay, Her. Adapted, a adapted, lot of heat, dude. Lot adapted of heat screenplay. Year. Twelve Years a Slave. Yeah. Well, then American Hustle, same year. They won like nothing. Uh, they're they're in there for original. Which I science of it. American Hustle, like could've, Captain Phillips is in that. Could have and maybe should have gotten cinematography. Like that movie was. The, Did they do a lot of handheld stuff in that movie? No, it was all Steadicam. Oh, okay. And I never like, saw it. So but. they made like three sixty lighting setups because they wanted to be able to move around the actors in the room. That's dope. Without seeing things, yeah. So Gatsby won production design. I don't know if you, you said that. I didn't, but... Yeah, oh, no, Gatsby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gatsby won production yeah, design. Cinematography was Gravity. Makeup and hairstyling, Dallas Buyers. Costume design, Great Gatsby. American Hustle was nominated? Yeah, that's what I thought. Visual okay. and film okay. editing, both that's Gravity. So Gravity was. conquered. There wasn't a gimbal on just the camera, though. Just like, yeah. Oh, my God, I love this video. Thank you. <laughs> what were you saying? I said Gravity won uh, Best Special Effects. At, uh, cinema Editing. Oh, it did win Cinema it, Yeah, it won both of them. Because that's yeah. when people were like, so Gravity green. took home a lot of awards now that I just write them all back. Yeah. I remember. Chivo, Chivo won. won his first award, I think. Chivo uh, is the Emmanuel Lebetsky? Something Lebetsky? I'm forgetting his name now. He is a cinematographer, but it, it's fucking awesome. He shot Children of Men. You right. know that movie, yes, which we right. should do because that's, that's right. awesome. Children of Men. Yeah, you watch gotta it. see I'll that. Watch it. I'll watch it. We can do it next, dude. 
We'll, Dope. we'll schedule the time before we leave today, and I'll watch it before we schedule next. Awesome. Let's do it. All right. Do you want to go through awards? Ours? Yeah. Best actor? Um. All right. Best actor. I mean, nominees are obviously Leo, Jonah, and Margot. I think those are the three finalists, and I'm giving it to Jonah. You guys, please state your case. I mean, I, I think just – you can make the case – for any three of them, and I'll be fine with it. I I think Jonah was like the most wow. Yeah. Margot was still when you're watching the movie that girl from Wolf of Wall Street, and then she transcended. Jonah, yeah. it was like wow, we're actually seeing this new face of Jonah now. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I I, I voted Jonah, Jonah Hill. I voted Jonah Hill. I give it to Jonah. I don't know. I'm just. I mean, think of those teeth alone. You're an actor. Think of wearing those teeth. You've been raving about Jonah this entire <laughs> podcast, and now when it's his time to shine, you refuse to anoint him because the best I actor. Just, like, <laughs> I think I just like it's just I want to vote for myself, you know, because I was just like miscast. A <laughs> seventeen-year-old uh, 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 Katie Girardi. Was, Not even cat. I was Katie, Katie Girardi. <laughs> I had a BlackBerry. And black. Okay, fence. fine. I'll give yeah. it to I'll give it to John Hill. But like, but like Margot and Leo, like. Hello. I mean, I think everyone, I really, it's very hard. You get an award. You get an award. It is. I mean, even Rob Reiner in the small part he's in is Mad Max. Which which is a great transition to the next award, the Heat Check Award. Do we have to explain the Heat Check to you? Yes. A Heat Check is, uh, it's a sports term, but it's like in a basketball game, somebody who only plays like 10 minutes, but they have a huge impact on the game. So little amount of screen time, most wow. You know what I'm saying? So. Matthew McConaughey as Mark Hanna, uh-huh. he is a nominee for it. Rob Reiner is a nominee for it. I almost it. think Rob Reiner is in it too much. Um, I'm going to give it to uh, Brad. Oh, oh, uh, John um, yeah. Cam or whatever. Yeah. He's One, a- he's a fucking phenomenal <laughs> actor. And like, I, I just believe that character more than maybe anybody else in that movie. The reason that I want to say that it needs to go to McConaughey is because mm. every time you talk about this movie, yeah, at, no, least, you three, do the, um, at least three people do trust that Trust me, thing. it would be McConaughey and for me if it wasn't. Everybody thinks because of that scene that McConaughey carries way more weight in that movie and is in that movie longer. Yeah. People who have only seen it once or twice and haven't seen it for five years, you f- they forget that he's only in the movie for total screen time, seven minutes, maybe. maybe. It's only, maybe. He's only in like the first maybe 20 minutes. Maybe seven minutes. Yeah. And it's yeah. the first thing everyone fucking talks about when they talk about this movie. It's the Quaaludes and him crashing the car and the that thing. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I think it should be McConaughey. But I, you know, Brad's cool too. I'm okay with it. I don't remember but anyone else except for There was the Matthew, uh, marching so. band leader who just held a sick smile. Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, and I would say I say Matt McConaughey, but my my MVP I think is Rob Reiner. Just the opening when you first meet him and he's watching The Equalizer, and he's like <laughs> had a hairbrain trigger. Yeah, he's like even the phone ring. He's like, God damn it! Who's I calling? wait all week to watch The Equalizer. <laughs> yeah, don't you know it's a Tuesday night? Who calls on a Don't answer that phone. <laughs> Shit, I like, you're think- gonna miss it. He's like, what do you think? I know I'm gonna miss like, it. We all know someone like that, and I think we've all felt that way as well. I've <laughs> definitely, definitely been mad. We all know a person like that. Times. He's a host on this network on Parlez-vous. His name's Anthony Alessino. Uh, yeah. <laughs> true, true. I mean, definitely, he's got a hairbrain trick. Yeah. Um. So I guess best worst scene. Yeah, either your favorite scene or your least favorite scene, whichever stuck out the most to you. Um, I guess we've already talked about the hair shaving enough where it's got to be a nominee. 
the little person tossing. They do do that in this movie, right? Yes. The little pit mm-hmm. person tossing has got to be in there. The, um, the stairs the, to the car. The opening, the opening part where he goes, I smoke weed to calm me down, coffee to get me back up, cocaine for the nerves. Yeah. That, I mean, that morphine thing, just because it's great. Yeah, because fucking I love morphine. Like that whole thing where he's doing yeah. that, that's probably that, in there for That, me. like that whole progression right there is like the sauce. That's like me. your real introduction like introduction to Jordan. Yeah. I'll take introduction too. Introduction. The introduction. Yeah. I would have to say my favorite scene is it's it's not it's like multiple scenes. It's the start of them taking the lemons when they're watching like family matters or whatever it is and they look the at each whole, other. The whole that's got to be like what like a 30 minute yeah, to, situation. Yeah. To him saving um Jonah Hill's life. I and he's just like ah that and kind that, of is like a super pivotal point too, like just movie wise. It's like it's the, one of the probably the greatest scenes in cinema history. The drug yeah. stuff is so hard to watch in and this like, film because it is so intense and it's so like real, and you know, like the actors are going through it. Like you said, yeah. like the whole like getting down the stairs thing. Like Leo did that. Yeah. Like that was a choice. <laughs> that was a commitment. Like the whole. The whole lemon progression, it's great. I would say, is just it well, for me. To piggyback on the on the lemon deal, when when you said they're sitting there and they they take the the ludes mm-hmm. and they're watching Family Matters or whatever, and then they look at each other after a while, they look at their watch, look at each other, and they go, "Should we take another?" Yeah. yeah and yeah, if yeah. you know anybody, <laughs> you've ever taken if you know anybody quick yeah. enough, Edibles if you know anybody <laughs> who's experimented with psychedelic drugs, or you have yourself. Everybody has that fucking moment, yeah. like forty-five minutes in. But it's a little different because these were expired drugs, so they yeah, like weren't yeah. sure. But yeah, everyone, if no, you, you, if you know anybody, you wait thirty minutes, when, yeah, and then you take another, and then the two phone. hours later, but you're like, fuck. I honestly think to piggyback on that, the best thing about that is he literally looks at him and he says, "It's been thirty-five minutes," which everyone knows the only thing that is thirty minutes is if it's not by thirty. Well, what minutes, are they? What do they? They say in the movie how long it should take for them to kick in. But I it only takes about like thing. 15 minutes or something like that. that. He says, but he, I, he says, since they're expired and this and that, I think it's like 20 minutes or something. That entire scene has you like this. Like, yeah. Uh, From happen. the minute he falls back and he's like, I discovered a new phase, cerebral palsy phase. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. so. Also, yeah. another just great scene, but not as talked about uh, when Rob Reiner's like going over their budget. The Amex budget. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. <laughs> What's E&J and- Entertainment? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, strippers, Jordan? Yeah. $26,000 on, on sides? Side. These sides better cure cancer. They actually do. That's what exactly what they did. That's why they're so expensive. And they start going <laughs> I've been there. I, I mean, like, not obviously that, wow. but just been like, not there, there. No, but as, like, a manager of seeing numbers of being like, what is this? What is well, that? Like, yeah, yeah we were talking about like the the lace front wig alone for the head shaving scene would have cost ten thousand yeah. dollars. So yeah, it's that, like you look at things and you're like, oh. yeah, or like when something breaks in the shop, and I'm like, do you realize how much money that costs? Right. Like that's coming out of your paycheck, so you're not getting paid. Backgrounds getting one twenty over eight. But that, <laughs> so this is this is the exact opposite in the in the sense that they're making money hand over fist faster than they can spend it. So nobody gives a fuck. But Rob Reiner isn't the person making all of that money and not giving a fuck. So he's the one coming in and looking at it and going, yo, 
are you aware of this? Are you aware of this? And they're all just like fucking well, smoking cigarettes in the office, which it's the late 90s at this point. So they, completely okay. everyone would have done that. But like flicking the cigarette in the office, the doors open, the doors shut. They're throwing little people against the wall. Like, why would we give a fuck if we spent 12 grand on strippers oh. last week? Well, the other big thing that Rob Reiner's job was as Mad Max the Equalizer was to keep like to curb things like that because that was getting the FCC and the FBI to say, whoa, spend $26,000 on a dinner. One, how are you able to do that? How are you able, how are you making that money so fast yeah. to be able to spend it like that? So that is red flags to the government, which his whole job well, was there to was curb. The, there was a perfect storm of things that in the movie that highlighted the government. It was the Forbes article came out, which made every fucking day trader in the tri-state area flock to Stratton Oakman to try to get a job. That was the first thing that put the FBI on, like, mm -hmm. what the fuck's up. Then the Steve Madden IPO, they were like, let's go get this guy. Because at that point, it was like, where's this money coming from? And that's when he was trying to hide it in, you know, in the Swiss bank and all the shit. And it just ultimately didn't end up, end up working out for him. But it's the, you know, it's greed. It's yeah. the number one flaw in humans. Yeah, 100%. I think another great scene, too, is um, when they're trying to get to Switzerland and they're on the boat. And the hurricane comes, and he's like, "Get the lewds! Yeah. I'm not dying sober." Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Hell yeah! That is such a great line. Um, so, I, what's our consensus, you guys? I think you might have sold us on the on the whole lemon the whole lemon sequence. I think you might have sold sequence. us on that. That's yeah, the yeah, it, it really lot. is a sequence. The thing is that that sequence has a big charge as far as like pivoting point of the story. It's a yes. pivotal part of the movie, yeah. And not only is it as like prolific as the Matthew McConaughey scene and the fucking stripper scenes, but it also has that like pivoting moment. It does too because so you're belongs. you're right on that because he had he makes a choice there to save Jonah Hill's life because you see it in his eyes where he's sitting there going I could let you die after all this shit like everything that's happening is not because of you because Brad's in jail they're tapping our phones I could let you die yeah and then something clicks it's actually her screaming he can't breathe do something to that gets him to like go, start going again which I thought was this not the first time I noticed it but this first time I like really registered to me like oh he, as an actor I saw it in his eyes him make that choice. Like, which is very difficult to portray. It's also, this whole sequence is, uh, you don't see it in a lot of movies. It's like the rare double climax. Mm -hmm. Like it kind of, in any movie, that should be the climax of the movie. But it's it's like a little peak. And then we keep going up because it's not quite the end. You know, it feels like it should be yeah. the climax of the yeah. movie. Because then there's the whole deal where he starts turning people in and he mm -hmm. slips Donnie the note. So there's like a double peak going on at the end of the movie. Actually, we got the Mrs. Robinson scene, scene too. The which scene? Mrs. Robinson. That apparently took 27 takes. Really? Yeah. Wait, which yeah. what uh, part? It's a montage. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you meant specifically when he kisses Aunt Emma. Or like they have that weird thing. Oh, no, Mrs. Robinson, uh, the, the police raid. Oh, here's oh. to you, Mrs. Robinson. Mm -hmm. You're talking the song. I like did, I went to the graduate and like did a comparison <laughs> of films there for a second. I got you, me, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> See, it's funny that you go all the way back to the graduate because I go to American Pie. I guess that's Finch and Stifler's mom. It's literally the Mrs. Robinson yes. trope. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Which is from yeah, The Graduate. Yeah. yeah, I know it's from The Graduate, but I think Finch and Stifler's mom. I'm also the person that quotes. So, so we're, all, we're all in on the, on the lemon sequence? I'm on the lemon sequence, yeah. Lemon? Okay. Quotes? Yeah. How did Leonardo DiCaprio move his body like that? Did they film it in slow motion? When he motion? was dancing? No, when oh, he's okay. falling down the stairs to get to the car. I think that was a dummy. 
I don't even think that was a stump person. I think it started there's, with a stump person. I think person, there's something when he's dummy. trying to like reach for the phone or like there's there's something about him reaching. He's trying to reach the phone, right? The phone's ringing. Or he's yes. trying to get to the phone to call. Yeah. To he pulls himself up. He, pull, he drags himself up the steps in the, what is it, a subway station or something? He's no. In? He, Where does he go to he go to the, the, the landline? The country club. The and country then he club. rolls down the steps, which I think the, the person rolling was a stunt double. And then there's a. There was a shot they had that literally looked like a dummy. It looked like a dummy's body hitting the ground. But, and then it's Leo. But then with, <laughs> with the phone, he like drags himself up by the so... pay phone, pulls it out, and like just like like fucking barely gets the money in, barely dials, and as he's dialing, he falls again. Yeah. Right? He, no. He doesn't fall again after he's mm. died because then they're going, Jordan, Jordan. No, no, no. He's on the phone. And, while and he he's falls up, when he's on the phone. Yeah. And then he can't, he's on the ground and he's literally reaching for it and he's just like yeah. doing one of these. And then he just collapses because he realizes that he's like, this is a new phase I've never been in. And then he just rolls and starts on his stomach, army crawling to the stairs. And then he's there for a solid two minutes staring at the stairs, contemplating, rolls down, tries to, like, crosses the car, tries to reach for it, can't. Flips himself on his back in this weird angle, gets his foot up, then sprains his back as his foot goes all the way up. Here's the phone ring, foot drops down, and you see him trying to pull himself physically into the car with the door falling on him. So half his body's in the car. You hear her screaming at him. Mm -hmm. He's like, get it, because Donnie's on the phone. She's like, Donnie's on the phone. No one's making sense. And she's like, get him off the phone. And she's like, I can't <laughs> understand you. And he just keeps saying, she's like, I just get home. I can't understand you. I don't know what's happening. Just get home, Jordy. And then he's like, he's like, oh, yeah. He's like, get him on the phone. And it's like the worst thing ever. And I, it just, then you see him and he's like, He's like, I, I didn't get a scratch in the car, this and that. The under, it's the yeah. underbite like, for me. He's like, yeah. <laughs> and I think so specifically, which like if you've ever participated in like any version of under the influence driving, which we can cut this out, but um, you know that like that's how you're driving. That's the focus. You're like, oh my God. You've never <laughs> been so focused in your life. <laughs> The longest drive ever. And you wake up the next he's day doing with like, like a quesarito like in your front like seat. Five miles an hour. Yeah. <laughs> like get off the road. So going yeah. around him. Um, yeah, I think it's great. Him trying to choke up, not choke, but trying to like hook Jonah Hill's foot, and then watching the guy. Um, what's it called? Doing the uh, Popeye eating the spinach, and then he uh -huh. reaches for the cookie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I. It's not even that worse. was that was a really good fucking. Juxtaposition right there. Oh, amazing. There's like no words in that scene. It's still like, yeah. it's just the, the nonverbal is is the best quote. But yeah. I think the best quote is selling this pen. It's the most quoted line. It's the sell most. Sell me this pen. pen. The most, yeah, everyone yeah. knows sell me this pen. I mean, even if you don't know sell me this pen, if you ask someone like my dad, sell me this pen, and then say Jordan Belfort, he'll be like, oh, yeah, this, that, X, yeah. and Y. He knows it. Hey, write so, your name down. Yeah, it's yeah. classic. I actually, in a sales job, in an interview, had to sell a pen. No shit. Yeah. Did you did say you write your job? name? I sure did. And I did. I was a manager. It was Radio Shack. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had to sell a pen and I had to sell a stapler. And, 2004. And, and they are no longer in business. <laughs> Not that old. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Uh, yeah, I had to do the sell the stapler and it was, oh, do you need it? How are you, how are you carrying those papers? And he's like, oh, I guess I don't have a paper clip because I hit the paper clip. I saw it. I was like, how are you, selling, how are you, how are you carrying those papers? And of course, all these guys around me and I'm a cute 19-year-old girl. I'm like... Uh. Can you write your name? <laughs> you know, thanks to my dad. Um, any other 
good colored lines. Who, who, what are you, a fucking owl? Fucking owl. Bermuda a, sodded grass. Oh no, what a great fucking tragedy, yeah. sweetie. Oh, you had to talk to the guy. Yeah, because, <laughs> oh my God, you had to deal with the golf course people too. What a Greek tragedy. Oh, honey. <laughs> I like McConaughey talk about how he needs to jerk off more. Yeah, how many times and did you jerk off? Like, I don't know, once? He's like, this isn't a tip. It's a prescription. Yeah. <laughs> I, you could argue that probably, I've seen people too. implode. Yeah, you could probably argue that's a great line, too. The gotta pump those numbers up. Those are rookie numbers in this racket. That's quoted all the time. Yeah. Um, one of my favorites, which is not, I don't think was one of the most quoted, is there's no nobility in poverty. I've been a rich man and I've been a poor man and I choose rich every fucking time. Yeah, that's a whole line. That's the, I love that line. There's that, him going off about what drugs he uses. Honestly, I don't think I can pick a quote for this movie. I'll opt out. Okay. Complete fair. Opt out. A lot of quotes. I'll give you one more good one. Let me give you some legal advice. Oh, good. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Honestly, the... I might go with the whole, oh, no, you had to talk to the golf course people. Like that, cause I lost it when that happened in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Oh, no, sweetie. what a, Your life is so hard. Yeah. I like. Uh, yeah, I've never been a fan of the bush. Doesn't, yeah. Doesn't bother me. Oh, my God. I was crying rewatching that scene. It's so good. Everyone's shaved now. Hairless. Yeah. Yeah. Like a baby. From the eyebrows down. Nothing. He's like, really? <laughs> really? Wow. Huh. Yeah. He's like, hmm, what's that bother me? Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, in the 70s, it was that. Yeah, it's, I think that, that's a great, the beginning of it too. He's like, yeah, like one week, he's like, everyone's got blush, next week, hairless. Yeah. He's like, no, 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 <laughs> so good. Yeah. So you there's just, Pam christening the elevator. Oh, and then he ends up marrying her. And then, uh, and then getting double teamed by Donnie and Jordan, and yeah. then he ends up marrying her. Yeah. And then kills himself three months three later. Three months. No, three years later, which is a. Yeah. That was a crazy little, like, right? dark it was like, scene yeah, he out of nowhere. Three years later. Anyway. The picture, everything. Yeah. I was like, wow, that was hard, good fellas. He could not escape yeah. it. He was like, yeah. I need some blood. I was like, this. I need gruesome <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah. I need killed someone dead. And it, it is what it is, and we're moving on. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. it. It's there, it's gone. <laughs> so, what do you. Uh, quote? Yeah, you going with the Greek tragedy one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I could say that one. That was a great line. That whole scene's great with the water and everything. Mm-hmm. But any other feelings on this movie? Oh, also there's Hold on, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. We need to do the Kristen Stewart. Hold on, hold on. I don't know. I got one more quote. Bad acting ward. He's got a quote. Hit me with the quote. He has a year's salary. Here's a year's salary. Oh, it's a coupon. Yeah, these are fun coupons. <laughs> yeah, fun coupons. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I found this in my pocket. It's a year's salary. I call them fun coupons. <laughs> that is great. The Kristen Stewart, I don't know award for bad acting. Um, I was trying to think about it on the way over here if we had one, because not all movies have one. It's got to be one of the friends. No, no, no. Hear me out. So? Okay. Kyle Chandler. The FBI detective. Really? On you know boat, what? I was yacht. thinking he was on the on the better side of I the people just we just sat here and talked about this movie for a good eighty-two minutes ish, and uh we've barely said two words about him or his performance. How about John about... Favreau? 
His performance wasn't bad, though. It wasn't, but um, neither was that guy's. Yeah, I don't think his performance was bad. I actually think he did a good uh, good job, but I don't think he should be talked about, honestly. It's it's not about the FBI. It's about Jordan. He's talking I'm not, about I don't mean the, the character. I mean the performance. No, I know, but that's what I'm saying. I don't think that's the actor's fault. I think so do you have one? Who, who would you give it to? Um, Probably the his butler. first wife. Mm, the first maybe. wife? Yeah, or or um, John Hill's wife. John Hill's wife doesn't bother me as much as his first wife bothers me, and she's the How I Met Your Mother. Who? His first wife is the same actress as How I Met Kristen Your Mother. Kristen Milioti. Which How I Met Your Mother? There's like the, four women in that show. The mother, Kristen yeah, Milioti, who ends up being the mother. I yeah. Kristen Milioti. Yeah, she's not a she's not a great actress. I would say her. She's tough. I didn't even know that she was in that movie. Yeah. Well, so see, there you go. But I see the one scene that she it's redeems herself is when she it. finds him in the limo. Yeah. I think she did very she really good job of that scene. Yeah. But throughout the whole like the beginning, like she just kind of annoys me. Her accent's a little rough. Not that Margot Robbie's isn't, but um, yeah, I, I would say her. Or but it's eh, a tough choice. It's like it's hard it to is, say. Then you got the Avesta Center guy when he first. Interviews for the job. No, I think that guy's great. He was. No, he was. I'm just thinking because there's so many people throwing fucking heat in this movie. I really don't. Yes, yeah, but I think he nailed who he was supposed to be versus she did. Yeah, okay. You know, like. mm. Uh, I'm just going to throw out names. Not that they had a bad performance, but there's Ann Elma. There's a Swiss banker. um, Jock. (laughs) John Jock. John Jock. Which I didn't know about wait, his scene wait, too. Wait, somebody tapes the money to their body, right? Yeah, yeah Margot Robbie and Brad's wife. Her fam- no, it's Brad's wife. Oh yeah, wife. that's right, Brad's wife. Yeah, the Sylvanian uh, hooker. Yeah, because they have they have European passports. Yeah, uh, that's yes. <laughs> there's so many scenes. I'm gonna give it to there's... the helicopter pilot for worse. I was just about to bring him up. <laughs> I was about to bring him up. That's so funny. His facial you say expression that. was ass. That's so funny you say that. I don't even think he... He was definitely under five. I don't think he had a line, though. He did. You're going to kill us. <laughs> something like that. You, yeah. yeah, it's like, oh, no, you're gonna, you were going to crash. That It's something like that. It's when he's, like, so doped yeah. up and he's... There's the butler who I think could have been better. That's fair. I'll give it that. Because at one point he has a British accent and the part he doesn't, which I don't know. Oh, that's right. He was being extra formal. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I and thought then... you'd like the change of music. Yeah, but then he's getting beat up and he's speaking and he's as like, a New Yorker. No, I didn't take your fucking money. Right, and then all of a sudden he's getting dragged out and he has an English accent again. But it's Cogni that time. So it's he, Cogni that time. Yeah, he jumps. He switched. Around. Oh, never mind. Yeah, he, he gets jumps good, around. Never mind. He's You're right. Good graces. <clears throat> well, <laughs> is, that, so, is that where we're going? With? Yeah, I mean that is what it is. I, I'm cool giving it to Kristen Milioti. Her though, you stuck because he just said he's out on the helicopter. Drive. It's so interesting oh, to think about. Like he just said he's out on the helicopter. No, no, drive. no. I said the butler. Oh, I'm, the butler. That's rather, where I was with the butler. Butler's back in my good graces for that accent change. I think that was a deliberate mm. choice, and I appreciate that. It's, so it's interesting to think about how much. Who wants a cat, please? How much bad acting is not the actor's control? Because the actor could have given their best performance and had three goof takes, and they went with the goof take. Yeah. Like last night on set oh, alone, I was watching that. I was watching the actor give a speech, and he he fudged up the speech like a few times. But he's like, you know, cut and and retake whatever. Let's go in for another take. But like they could, it, it's all out of your hands. You could just perform your best, and then once it gets into the editing room or whatever, or the post production, like 
it's just really you kind of got to give it up to God at that point because they might choose something that might have all these other better aspects, but you could just be changing your accent and they don't care. They don't care. We had this whole conversation in our Wonder Woman 1984 pod talking about how none of the acting was good in it, but it wasn't Gal Gadot's fault. It wasn't, it, there was, mm. you could have put the best acting performances in that movie and it still would have sucked because mm. the writing was flat and it, it was paced terribly. Yeah. And we talked about it. You can see a point in the movie where Gail just gave up. <laughs> you yeah, can see it. And have you yeah. seen this movie cut? No. You can oh, see no. at a certain Don't point where she just gave up. Just flat out threw it under the bus. But we already did an hour and a half on how bad that movie yeah, was. I I, I'm honestly at this point in my life, like I think it's so. being brought up at work to purposely piss me off. And I'm like, do you guys enjoy me raging now? Because like I'll start Hulk smashing shit. I, who directed <laughs> Wonder Woman? Patty. 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 Jenkins. Yeah, Patty Jenkins. Because I was, I just, re, this is a random digression, but I just watched, rewatched A Star is Born the other day. And after Bradley Cooper dies in the movie and. I haven't seen it. You know, he. Spoilers. He, he um. <laughs> You're good. Go ahead. Yeah. That happened now. <laughs> not seen a star is born because i have gone around to it what do you mean you've never <laughs> seen the originals either you haven't seen jojo rabbit but gage you've never seen the originals oh, what the f- i didn't even know what that movie was i'm so sorry you guys brought me on here Before, today no, i've done I, so many bad things it. um anyway you can tell lady like to me in my opinion i think lady gaga's acting skyrockets because i could tell when bradley cooper is behind the fucking camera like connect like directing the fucking shit out of her and like getting just getting her there and like it's so cool to watch it like and think of it that way or think about like the actual production of how it how it went down and thinking about things and like i don't remember why i went down this rabbit hole where what we were talking about because we were talking about you could just see gal gadot give up oh gal gadot yeah god bless her soul but it's like it's it's kind of like the bad acting it's like is how much of it is really their fault Besides, yeah. you know, it could be the director, oh, it could be the editor. It could be when the, it comes the to the that script. movie, there's plenty of blame to be placed on her shoulders, but it's not all of it. I mean, there's a, plenty of blame to go oh, around. The whole the, thing is a disaster. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm so tired of talking about. One yeah, thing, let's. So, but on a you, side note, uh, back to like kind of what she said. I, for as a producer, I watched a actor deliver the performance of his life, and in my head, I'm going, "Oh my god, we got the shot. This is going to be amazing." And then I have it put in front of me, and I'm going. That's the shot. That's the shot you guys chose. It was a big, actually it was a fight because I was like, not for nothing, but if I was, I I haven't spoken to Michael, but I'm like, if I was Michael, I would be raging out because I'm not thinking about him. I'm not thinking about his performance. I'm not thinking about anything he delivered. I'm thinking about why the hell you didn't use a steady cam. I was like, so that Oscar out, not that it'd ever be in that, but if that was a contender to me, I'd be like, well, it's out. I can't pay attention to what he's saying. Mm-hmm. So it's very, it's, it's really is a big point of how quickly a move, uh, something can go south or work out for the better. In yeah. Post, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. for sure. But what were you going to say? Babe? You guys stick into your nines. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm not faltering. I'm sticking at 8.4. Gotta pump those numbers Fair up. Enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those it numbers. is what it is. <laughs> Those are rookie numbers in that rocket. <laughs> Look, we can't give every movie we do a nine plus. At some point, well, then we well, gotta we start pick picking movies, bad movies. We pick movies. We pick we movies like. we love. We <laughs> pick movies we love. We love talk about movies, and that's what happens. And none of us gave any any kind of decent score to Wonder Woman. So no, I gave it a zero. I think. 
Oh no! I, I think you even... gave Black Dynamite something in the sevens. Yeah, I did. Jesse gave it a ten. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, we didn't talk much about the technical stuff at all. But I don't. I don't. I mean, I think we did sprinkle we it throughout. Did well. Is there anything you want to touch on that we missed? No. How I, are... just, I guess as far as banter goes, I feel like, like... you're longing for something, Gage. No, no. I was just pointing out. That's it. <laughs> For right. sure. Ra- uh, Rodrigo Prieto shot is shooting Taylor Swift music videos now. He shot the music video for The Man, if you've seen it. What? Yeah. Really? Have you seen The Man music no. video? No. Are they like actually like they're like they're things? Like they're not just like they're like, that didn't make sense. They're like, <laughs> they're like, um, like shorts. They're not just music videos or are they? Uh, they're kind of like, have you seen like Dave Meyers music videos where it's like here are scenes? Okay. Um, they really. do set up scenes. Okay. They're not acting through it, but it's like, oh, this looks like it kind of could be in a movie. I mean, the budget's not as high, so it doesn't look as right. But I'm saying it's it's, it's a three minute song, it's a three minute video, or is it a three minute song and a, a ten minute video? That's, oh no, it's not like they're acting or anything. That, that's it's not, not like a movie. Yeah. It's a music. Video. I yeah, I got it. Yeah, but there's a scene that's like the whole thing. Uh, the music, the song is about like if I were a man, things would be different. So the music video shows her. Dressed as a man, okay. makeup is awesome. She looks like a dude, boy. and just doing dude, just doing dude things. Yeah, I was like, "Where is that coming from?" <laughs> and uh, one scene in particular so is one scene in particular is very Wolf of Wall Streety. That makes so sense. she's in a stock room, like walking through, being power like, suit, exactly power suited up. Well, yeah. power suit, but as a dude, so just Pretty a regular suit, I guess. <laughs> just a suit. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a suit. Then I, yeah, it's just basic. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. gotta be but, cool. Yeah, he shot it suit. after coming off this. Huh. Well, years after coming off this. Interesting. Uh, Thelma I, Shoemaker still fucking killing it. Amazing. Yeah. The editing in this, I really. I mean, I know we talked. We briefed on the uh, continuity issues, but I do. Her editing's great. Yeah. Like crazy. Yeah, I mean, they've been killing it since the '60s. Her hmm. and Scorsese. And you can kind of tell too, like I feel like when you watch her stuff and Scorsese stuff, like what was their like collaborations? You know, like they they have she I think has she edited style. every movie of his. No, I thought like, I'm going, um, God, um, Jesus. Gangs. The Gangs. editing process is so fascinating to me. Like editors are God's gift to the entire entertainment industry, the entire the entire film industry. I can't even choose a like photo of myself out of like, like say I got some headshots done and there were like 200 pictures. It literally took me six months to like pick one to put on like, like send in. Oh, <laughs> just the person who takes the thing and then makes it. Like, how do you like, pick? Okay. So if they have 27 stuff. takes like, and three different fucking cameras, like um, what? You're just, uh, there comes to a point where it's like, you just got to choose. You're literally picking like, between a hundred shots. There's of, been like, times. Yeah. You just got to choose. Like, well, you narrow like, it down. Is everyone okay? Like, well, no. So they're, well, they're marking it. They're marking it on set. You know, right? I got Scripty right, right, there right, who's right. saying like, this take works. This take works. This take was extraordinary. Look right. at that one. And then in the editing, they take the, they take whatever they noted down as the best one. They just cut the movie together. And then if they don't like something, or if they go, they go back in. oh, can we see if this line is done differently somewhere else? Then they'll be like, all right, let's find a different one. But they're not watching every take of everything. Yeah, I still yeah. just imagine like how they like, I, I just think of it so like literally, like I just think of like all these files and all these things that take forever to load and that are so disorganized. It's, no, it's, it's like, not. how do you Well, they do have that? assistance for that shit. 
And no, but like God, that's what I'm saying. God bless. Yeah. 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 And it's cataloged and stuff like that. So you know, like what's going on. And like, like he said, like if you have two scenes that are both marked with the same, like, you know, no being good or exceptional. Yeah. You watch it, you see what's best. And then all of a sudden you'll like, you maybe watch it and realize, oh, it's not exceptional. There's continuity. How long do you think, uh, I guess usually feature films are created in a roughly a year. I would say they're like written in a year. Uh, probably filmed over oh, six that, months to a year. So it's so very. I mean, there's yeah. some films written in three weeks. And then yeah, that's true. Some films written in ten. Like Nolan took like ten years to write Inception or some shit. Well, I, I mean, Games of Games in New York was written like ten years or plus before. But would it you got say the made. turnover is probably a year? For a feature film, the turnover is maybe a year from, from like filming from to major studios, like from development from deals, major studios, yeah, from like. Hey, we want you to write this movie to finish product. No, more like shoot to edit From to release. To oh, post. like yeah, post. yeah, yeah, yeah. I would um, say like six uh, to nine months. Yeah, wow. Yeah, I that's amazing. Year max, probably. I maybe. depends on how much CG, but yeah. yeah and I, but I, now I feel like we're in a place of like I feel like the turnover right now. They're just trying to pump out movies. I mean, maybe not now, now because of the specific Mar- circumstance. Marvel but was pumping out three movies a year. Yeah, that's crazy. For, now that's Disney. That's the, the you know money's not an issue. But it's we like do the actual we do, um, yeah, 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 yeah. specificity that's put into movies. Like the the dialogue is missing the mark, and all these different things. They just care about like the highest production value, which to me, I think a better. A better film. Well, is... we did. We did. We also touched on that in the Wonder Woman thing that mm-hmm. there's probably too many high level execs coming in and saying like, "I'll oh, do this, do that." We don't like that. We don't like yeah, this. Too many cooks in the kitchen. Things. Yeah, you know? I think I think we're seeing a very big push towards indie too. Of uh, hell yeah, independent. Yeah. I think I think the and... I think the thirty to fifty million dollar movie is dead, and you're only gonna see like below I pe- thirty I feel like million. People are longing for specificity. Talking budgets. Talking I budgets, talking. I think that thirty to fifty mil, like that range, is kind of dead. You're either gonna get like below thirty low budget stuff, or, or like the, Game of or, Thrones, or the fucking Avengers movies yeah, that cost yeah, two hundred yeah, yeah. million to make. Yeah, like because because there's no space. Those movies that made like that cost like thirty to sixty to make that were real good movies, well written, good actors. They made all their money on the DVD market. I'm gonna look up a movie that I think might be DVDs cost three dollars to make, and they were charging twenty five dollars a pop. So you could afford only making seventeen million at the box office because you're gonna make a hundred on DVD sales. I'm trying. That's to- not the case anymore. It's harder to make money with streaming and all of this shit. So those move those. Mid-level movies, I just think they're going to disappear. Yeah, I also think so, that part of the issue, part of the thing is too, is it's not that expensive to make a movie. What makes it expensive is Leonardo DiCaprio got paid twenty-five million for Wolf of Wall Street. Their budget was a hundred million. That's a quarter of their budget. If I turn around and want to make a film, and I call Gage to be my DP, and Kat's now my actress, and you're booming for me, okay, how much is it costing me? You know, what I'm saying in reality, like even even if I you, you guys were to charge me or whatever. Still, how much is it costing me? It's not costing me nowhere twenty five million. Yeah, you know, so it's a level that you think is dead, like thirty to sixty five. Okay, I was. What movie was? I looked up on Cut Gems, and that was nineteen. Yeah, but you could argue that's like almost an indie film, though. That's like. I know. I'm looking up like twenty four in the south. Looking up like a Joker. Look up Joker. That was Braun. That was Braun Studio. See, and the thing about Joker is, like, I feel like it's that specificity. Like, that movie hit so hard because it was so, like, ooh. But Joker got to be one of those, like... What about Bombshell? That's also Braun. 
Who's Braun? Joker is also a hard one to, to throw in that category. No, I'm thinking of indie studios that are up in the up. Because I would have thrown well. more money at that movie if they had to. And also because it's the, you know, like, it's kind of a superhero movie without really being one because you still right, have right, that. Right. Even 32. though it's a real 32? movie, it has have a, a wider comic book fan audience. base. Yeah. yeah. 32. 32 Bombshell. million on what? Bombshell. Bombshell. Big cast. Nicole Kidman, Margot Robbie, Charlize Theron, massive cast. How old is that movie? Brand new. Came out the same time as Joker. So a couple of years, right? Two years, Max. Yeah. The Post. Oh, that was, well, that was 2017, but 50 million. Mm. Vice, 2018. Right, but I'm told, I'm, I, I, know really, I mean, I really mean going for, you were just interested to see what falls in that category. Yeah, yeah all right, that's fair. I'm thinking going forward, you know, it's going to kind of slowly fade away. Do they away. go fizzle out, kind of like music videos, like either you're fucking yeah. Kendrick Lamar or you're. Or Gage is making it. So, honestly, <laughs> it's been another great episode. We're going to close it out. We got to go. Kat, plug away. Plug away, sister. Plug all your shit. I did nothing but sit here and get in trouble today. No, I mean, today. Plug, plug like your stuff. I don't deserve to plug myself. Uh, you can find me on the Instagram. Instagram? At the Pentagram. You can find me on the Instagram at PlanetCat. And cat, couch to couch. Couch to couch, aka cat rarity, aka cat, aka disco Jane. AKA a girl of, of many monikers. AKA I went to high school with these guys. So if you need to find me, just look for them. <laughs> All right. He knows Gage? where I live. Gage, any closing statements? Yeah, I'm on Instagram, Gage Zangi. I'm on Venmo, Gage Zangi. I'm on Snapcash, <laughs> Gage Zangi. Uh send me some. If you can spell Zangi. Good luck. Yeah. All right. We're out of here. Peace. Bye. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the show, whatever movie it was about. Uh, this is a generic pre-recorded outro, but we hope you had fun. We sure do. Thanks for listening. See you next week. And the only prescription is more cowbell. We will not go quietly into the night. Stay gold. Pony boy. I will not die sober. Get those fucking loose. That's all, folks.